sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Topanga Moon Podcast. And I'm happy to be back. I've been away most of the summertime, took a little break from the podcast because, as I said in the last podcast episode I had with Britt Guimon, I was um, working on a movie. I was working on my friend's feature film as costume designer. So that took up most of July and August. And I'm going to get into a little bit about my experience with that today. But I'm so excited to be back. I have some really cool podcast episodes, interviews planned for this community. And I'm just really excited to be bringing them back kind of at this end of summer going into the fall season this is definitely a time where I feel like grounding and getting in tune again with all of my creative projects so I'm so excited to be doing that and that's kind of what this whole episode is going to be about today. It's a solo one, and it's going to be about the medicine of late summer. The medicine of late summer. And before I get into my thoughts and feelings about summertime and the medicine that we can find when we have that transition into, oh wow, I'm outside recording this podcast, and it's quite windy, but it's really beautiful and I wanted to really do this outside in nature and feel the energetics of the, the wind and the environment and the beauty that's all around me. It's such a beautiful day. So we'll see how it sounds. <laughs> oh, I miss this. This is going to be a good one. So yeah, where have I been? Let's start with that. Where have I been? So I've been working on, as you all know, I talk about a lot. I do, I do work in film, and I got this opportunity. I've been styling for many years, but I got the opportunity to work on one of my closest friends' feature film, directorial feature film debut, where she plays twins, and she also wrote the script. It was wild to see. It was so amazing how she was able to do it all and in such a great way. It was the most fun experience. So she asked me kind of at the beginning of July if I would do costume design for the movie and it was such a cool opportunity and it's something that I love to do and I love film and I wanted to be back in that world a bit. So of course I said yes. 
and the script was amazing. So that, and that also helps, you know? So yeah, I was away working on the movie and it was such a incredible experience. It was really challenging because I've never done it costume design job before. I've been styling for many years, but this is a different a different way to design clothes for a movie. It's, you know, about there's all this, you know, stuff about continuity and characters, bringing out certain characters, um, colors that are going to be in scenes that match the background or what goes with, you know, what what characters are wearing what and it was a beautiful challenge definitely it stretched me um I learned so much I learned more in those you know about filmmaking in those you know two months than I have in a really long time and I'm just so grateful for the people that I worked with it was incredible crew we just had the best time like that's that's really what it came down to like it was, I'm so grateful that I was able to work on a project that I really love and um, I'm just so excited for people to see at the same time working with my friends and this incredible crew. And it was just, it couldn't have been better. Like I just had so, once I got into it after pre-production, I had so much fun and it really put me in the vibration of my creative flow and I think we hear this a lot it's like when you want to be doing something like me working in film it's like you need to put yourself in the vibration of of those things that you want to be creating and it really put me back in that vibration of filmmaking which I hadn't been in in a really long time and that was important to me as I write my projects as I continue to explore different ways that I can be in filmmaking and make it my, you know, full-time career on top of all the other beautiful things that I do, including this podcast. And it was really amazing because I got to see what it felt like to be a generator working in that environment. Um, And as a generator, I really used what I learned about my design type from Nikki J. And if you haven't listened to that episode, and it's a couple episodes back and it's so good. It's like, honestly, one of my favorite readings I've ever gotten is the human design reading from her. It just like made me understand who I was on such a deeper level and gave me authority to work in my own unique way. And it works like, This was a perfect example of what it means to use your generator energy and to create so much energy. And you're you're like, you become magnetic. You become so, um, like, kind of shiny and everybody wants to be around you. And so many more opportunities came to me because I was really living in my design. So what that means is that when the offer came through and... Katie asked me to do this movie I was so excited like I didn't even have to I was like an intuitive excited of I was like of course like yes 
100%. I was scared because I've never, you know, done that in that capacity before. But it didn't matter because I knew that my excitement and my joy for it would help me in discovering like what I really needed to do. So, um, you know, then I take the job and I'm working and it's like, we're working super long hours, like 12 hours a day. And then when I'm coming home, I'm doing more work on it and on the weekends. And although it was a lot of work and it was hard work, it was like when you're the generator, you're just so excited to be working in that way that it doesn't have, like, it doesn't feel like work. And when you're finishing for your, the day, it's like you have all this energy. You've expended all your energy in the right way. And then all these other beautiful things start to flow in because I became this magnet because I'm in that higher frequency of living out my design. I was for like two months living out exactly how I specifically was designed and what I'm meant to be doing. So it was like this essence and this flow that came through that was so powerful and really set the course for so many more beautiful experiences that I've been wanting to cultivate to come through easily. So yeah, human design was a big theme of my summer. I got my reading right before or right around my birthday, which was in the beginning of the summertime. And it helped me get into the medicine of summer. There's this I mean, there's medicine in every single season as we transition to seasons, as we're in the late summer season, but that really sparked the medicine of the beginning of summer for me. And so many things happened in my personal life that was challenging and hard, but at the same time, I was exercising who I was, my boundaries. Woo! The wind is just like really, really picking up right now. So continuing on that theme of finding that medicine, finding the specific beautiful energies of each season, and I'm talking about summer right now and late summer, going into fall, um, I knew that moving from this incredible experience of working really hard, working on my craft in this film experience, I wanted to really ground into nature. I wanted to take the medicine of nature and because I haven't, I hadn't really, you know, besides one week we filmed at a conservation area. So we were outside the whole time and it happened to be the hottest week of August. So that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, there was actually this really beautiful moment I will mention because I do talk about hummingbirds a lot on the podcast and I, I've mentioned how they kind of came up through an energy reading that I had before but hummingbirds is a really special um, bird for me and it's always a symbol of synchronicity and right place right time I'm on my right path transitions moving uh, they just have such a beautiful spirit and there's a hummingbird called Anna's hummingbird and I just really love that connection and there's a continuation also into the place that I'm staying in right now. And I'll let you know a little bit about that of hummingbird medicine. And while one of the, I guess the last day where we're at this conservation area outside, 
I was alone in the processing area and right by my clothing racks of all the wardrobe. And a hummingbird came out of nowhere and was just flying around my wardrobe. And it was such a beautiful symbol of just cementing that I was exactly where I needed to be and what I was supposed to be doing at that time. And it was so beautiful. I love that confirmation. So that was really cool. I mean, I have so many stories from set, which I won't get into today. But after that, working on that movie and that experience, knowing I wanted to get back into writing, and knowing for myself that my creative life and my writing really comes from being in nature, like I am right now, just being grounding, just really sinking into that medicine of the late summer. So for that, as soon as I was done, I knew I had to plan a camping trip with my friend Annetta. She's been on the podcast two times before. And she's been wanting to go on a camping trip all summer. And she and she really wanted to go to Lake Huron. And we, well, she booked two places for us to camp in Ver Huron and around Grand Bend. Um, and it was, ugh, just the, the best. Like, directly, I remember the night before going on this camping trip, I was still doing my expense report, trying to finish it and mail it before this weekend. And I was so happy because it was like, finish that one job. I literally finished that job at like midnight the night before. And then the next morning, got in my car and picked her up. And we then drove, or it took our time, but we drove out to um, our first camping location, which was in Inver Huron. And it was the best, it was the best. We set up our tent and we picked flowers along the way. Um, So we had this whole like cute setup for our camping experience. We went to the water and it's like this really aqua blue water on Lake Huron. And it's so cool because it makes you feel like you're in the Mediterranean somewhere. It's really amazing, it's so, it's so crazy that we have this in Ontario and because of everything that's going on in the world and the restrictions on travel and me always wanting to go to California, always wanting to make that trip and, and be in that area because I always feel so called to it. Knowing that I can't for a long time, I wanted to experience Ontario and really like there's so much beauty in our own province that we forget sometimes um and it was this really pivotal moment to see that wow we have such gorgeous places like right around us you know it was like two hours from Annetta's place and this like super blue water and eventually we went to this area with all these sand dunes and you really don't feel like you're in Ontario it feels somewhere different feels really magical and that day was the winds were really strong so there was like a lot of waves coming through and um 
we made this like epic meal over the fire. Um, well, Annette did because she's amazing. <laughs> and um, then it started raining and we had to like eat under this umbrella. But it was such a fun day and night just like being out there. And when we went to sleep in the tent, you could hear the waves like crashing and you can hear that sound all night long. And there's such a beautiful medicine in that, in syncing up your, you know, rhythms and attuning to nature again. And um, it was just so, it was so special to have that after working so hard and feeling like, ah, oh, this is my reward. Like being out here with one of my, you know, best friends and really just attuning ourselves back to that that medicine of our surroundings because that's where we can really constantly whenever we're connecting to nature we feel more inspired my creativity is always ex expanded and you feel this total connection this oneness and it is this catalyst for I believe great change in this planet and you want to protect it more you see the beauty and you see everything around you and, and you feel how how protected you are from nature like all the medicine you're getting from the wind from the water from the trees from the food that you're growing in nature you feel protected and nourished and taken care of that all you want to do is like take care of of nature itself and it's always this beautiful reminder anyone that you know loves to go camping or loves to be out in the woods they they have that they know they they feel that special special symbiotic reciprocity of what it feels like to work with the energy of nature and the flow of nature so i love that and then the next day we went to a different campsite and it was in grand bend and there was all these sand dunes and it honestly like when we we're walking on this like boardwalk through the sand dunes this like protected area and you see the blue water it's like i'm like am i in north carolina like where where is this right now it definitely felt like a Nicholas Sparks romantic movie the setting I was like oh I need to film out here like I just got so excited about the creativity that I can do the photos we took a bunch of photos and we just sat in the sand and soaked up the sun and we really got that sun therapy you know sun is so amazing for us we can get so many benefits from just like sun gazing and being up in the sun at the right time and the sun is such a beautiful blessing that we have. We can utilize so much. We can heal so much. We can gain so much from the sun. It was a reignition of my cells and all of my, you know, I needed that transition. I needed that um, stimulus again and that reconnection to something that I love so much. So it was so beautiful. And then we went swimming and just had like the best times we stayed again um set up our camp had this epic fire meal again and just had a really beautiful night of great talks and amazing food by candlelight with our fire going and we made 
vegan s'mores and um, it was just wonderful. And then we checked out the town a little bit. I hadn't been there since I think I was really little. I don't know if I've ever actually been there, but it was this like cute beach town and walked around and then basically went right back to, um, to Kitchener. And then the next day I was off again on another couple days of being out in nature. But this time I was going to the Kingston area, well, near Kingston um, in Chafee's Lock. So I was going to a cabin in this cute little fishing town called Chafee's Lock. I've never been to this area before so it was so beautiful to explore something new and it was such a it's such a great place and so beautiful um so I'll let you know a little bit about kind of the a little bit about the history of this area because I'm exploring it for the first time and I'm spending a lot of time there I'm currently in Chafee's Lock and spending uh, basically a week here um, and it's been so beautiful I've been working out here and writing but I'll let you know a little bit about the history so I'm reading from this website uh, Rideau Canal Info it's a national historic site world heritage site um, so Samuel Chafee settled here in about 1820 and by 1826 had a grist and carding mill on one bank of the river and a sawmill and distillery on the other. He placed mill dam upstream of his mills, which regulated the level of the Indian clear and mud lakes. And then Samuel Cloves' plan in 1824 was to stay in the, ch uh, the channel at Chafee's Mills and raise the water level through the use of two detached locks. And they still use these locks today. And it's really cool because they're right in the middle of town. And you can like walk on the bridge too. It's really cool to see. Um, Closed planned route from Chafee's to Newborough was through the west end of the Indian Lake through Mosquito Lake and then around the west end of Scott Island and Newborough Lake. So there's so many lakes here. We're close to the Thousand Islands and um, the history of this area is really about how all the ch um, the canals were, were made here and all the connection between the different lakes. And it's amazing to, to hear about how so many people at that time, um, a lot of Irish settlers, that's what this area is kind of known for, um, came over and would be, you know, digging out these... Um, I guess they're called canals, yes. <laughs> and uh, it's so cool because you can see so much of that history. I was even on a run the other day and it was through this old, what used to be a, a railroad track um, that I believe went all the way to Kingston and um, the railroad no longer exists there, but it's like, it looks like this tunnel through, through the forest and it's so cool. There's just so much history around. Um, and on top of that, there's like cool stories from this area that I'm slowly learning from the people who grew up here and are from here. Um, there's this one property that's actually for sale right now. So if anybody's into old, like, you know, 
properties that are possibly haunted, <laughs> this place is for you. It's right by the old mill there and the locks. And um, it's an incredible place because it's like right by the water. Um, such a cool looking old yellow house. It looks like an old farmhouse. And um, I will read a little bit about the history of that house because it's really cool and apparently haunted, but it looks sweet. Um, so it was built as a Miller's house. Miller's is a popular family over here. We were just at the Miller's, actually, I don't want to, no, I'll say. We were at this Miller's antique place nearby and it was wild. I've never seen anything like it. But anyways, so it was built as a Miller's house about 1897 and lived by various Millers until 1922. In 1925, Jenny and Will Lashley moved in there. Will died in 1932 and Jenny, who was from Scotland, lived there until 1976. She ran it in the summer as a guest house for American fishermen and named it Fernbrae after some memory in Scotland. There's a lot of American tourists that come here. I guess it's pretty close by. So um, that makes sense that it was used as, <laughs> as an American fisherman guest house. Uh, she also took in winter boarders, including legendary guide Fred Randolph, who stayed in a little shack right behind the house. When Jenny died in the Apinacon, the Apinacon, which is this beautiful big resort area, bought the house, did renovations, and used it as a conference house until the late 19, 1990s. The house then sat abandoned until purchased by the present owners a few years ago. Jenny made the best sugar cookies in the whole world, and um, she ruled the Women's Institute. And there's a lot of 20th century history in that house. At least one person thought they saw Jenny's ghost in her old bedroom. So apparently she haunts the bedroom of hers still to this day. I guess that's what legend says. And I've yet, I would love to go in it. I have not. I've only ran past it and seen it from the outside, but it's pretty amazing. So yeah, there's so many really cool ghost stories from this area. Um, I'll share some more on, on later podcasts because I'm still learning so much about the history of this place. And it's just such a cool place I've never explored. And it's brought me so much, so much medicine in this late summer. I love just like being in a new place and getting to know people who have been here forever and, and how special it is to them. And it really is a beautiful, small little town. Um, so many cottages, so many people who have cottages out here, but it's stunning and all the houses are very picturesque with like white picket fences and these beautiful white um, painted houses. And it's just a special, special place. So I've loved my time here. It's been amazing. And when we were, um, when I was staying at this, at the cabin near the Opinicon, right on the water there there's this like iconic area right on the water um i had so many beautiful 
um, encounters and experiences that really bring out that idea of the medicine of late summer. So this one morning, I, I, woke, I was awoken by the sunrise, and it was like this pink, purple, orange, beautiful sunrise, and I went outside to take photos, and it was so stunning because it was kind of cloudy for the past couple days before that. And it was such an awesome moment because it made me think of my times in Joshua Tree when I would just be woken up by the sunrise every single day. So that was like a special synchronicity and sign and beautiful moment for me. And, you, you know, in the late summer, it's kind of like those chilly early mornings and those, those chilly nights. But throughout the day, it's warm. So you're feeling that transition into fall and fall always feels super cozy and beautiful and mystical and haunted and all these things that bring out that energy of the fall the transitions the moving into this fall season so I took these photos and I felt I was like oh I'm gonna go make my coffee now it's like six in the morning and I'm walking up back to the cabin and there's these three deer that are just greeting me and it was so beautiful they were so beautiful and another incredible moment I was so close to them um they weren't afraid. They were just like, it was like they were saying, good morning. Hi. <laughs> nice to see you. So that was really special. And then um, the sunsets were also amazing that night. And the whole sky turned purple and pink and orange. And you really get those epic sunsets in the late summer. And it's like that, you know, gearing up for that harvest moon, that golden light. There's just a certain different light that happens at this time that is so sacred and special. And I'm just trying to um, be outside as much as I can, do dinner parties outside, watch the sunset every night, and really sink into that feeling of that feeling of the sunset. So for this, for this medicine of the late summer and for this upcoming new moon that's happening on the 17th, the new moon in Virgo, which is all about, you know, the planning, the organizing, the attention to details. I have this really incredible new moon ritual that you can try out. It's super simple, but it is about collecting the flowers, the wildflowers that are still present at this time in this late summer, collecting them all setting up kind of a little bit of an altar with candles and these flowers that you forage or anything else that you forage at this time and really paying homage to this beautiful golden light that comes at this time of year, setting an intention, creating a wish for that transition as we move into fall, um, kind of bidding your farewell to summer, thanking summer for its bounty, thanking summer for everything that you've experienced and that electric joy that comes from the summertime. And watching the sunset with your offering of these flowers and just lighting the candle and making your intention and setting that intention and allowing yourself to really visualize and feel into that intention as the sun sets, as you're really specifically watching this sun go down and taking in the beautiful rays of this sunlight. So you can do that um, in the next coming 
new moon, which is September 17th. And there's also the harvest moon, which is coming up on October 1st. I love the harvest moon. It's my favorite moon of the year. It is so powerful. It's so beautiful. It really marks that transition going in. And it's saying goodbye to late summer, that the beauty of what summer can bring, that energy, that electricity. Um, it just feels, late summer feels like golden hues. It feels like um, just beautiful golden yellow colors and vibrant moments and hazy summer nights going into the cozy fall, sitting around a campfire, watching the stars, the beauty of what late summer brings and soaking up those last moments and really being outside as much as possible. Another thing that has come up recently um, in tune with what the medicine of summer can be, um, some flowers that have come up for me specifically are dahlias, which grow from July to September. Dahlias are so beautiful, so vibrant. They look like the colors of sunset. And um, I recently just did a little trip with my friend Genevieve and her baby, and we went to this dahlia farm. And I encourage anyone to go out and do this. It's just a really beautiful thing to go out to a farm at this time and collect the flowers and make arrangements and create those special moments, especially leading into this ending of, of this season, of this transition time. And then also um, a, a healing plant that has come up a lot for me in dreams or been spoken about or come up in different podcasts that really make me feel like this time I think it I believe it grows in like in the springtime but it's St. John's wort that's something that I've been drinking St. John's wort's tea for a while because it really boosts confidence and makes you feel seen and makes you be seen and you can use St. John's wort in ritual um, it's one of like herbalists, I think, favorite herb because it can be used for so many things and beyond it being this kind of like mood enhancer. Um, but it really is this powerful, powerful plant that allows you to be seen the way that you are and to express yourself and your creativity. Um, it has this golden yellow color. So once again, those same themes, those same colors of the medicine of the late summer. It can also be used as a pain reliever, relaxes the muscles, it's good for the nerves and muscle pain. It's a great, great wound repair for cuts. Um, Matthew Wood, an herbalist, explains that St. John's wort has a particular affinity to the solar plexus and the nervous of digestion, nerves of digestion. So really that solar plexus, that yellow, um, that kind of central core, um, that building block of, of your foundation of, of who you are, that confidence, the creativity, the things that you can put out there of being yourself. And I just believe it's such a beautiful, beautiful um, herb and plant to use at this time, whether it be in ritual, whether it be through tea ceremonies, um, or just as an oil for, for any kind of joint or pain reliever that you need. And that one came up for me in a dream recently while I was out here in the Chafee's Lock area. So 
so that was really special for me. So, yeah, the medicine of late summer. It's such a beautiful time. It's truly one of my favorite times. And we should all go out and enjoy it and do some rituals and feel connected to that, those last summer days that we have before the beautiful season of, of fall. And fall has its own magic associated with it, which I'll get into in later podcasts. But I hope you enjoyed this one. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you all. And I will be back on the podcast again next week.